Hey, how you guys doing? It's the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks, Season 7, Episode 7 of the Marvel Hacks. Um, hey, y'all, we are at the end of the Hickman X-Men room. At least we thought we were, but we're not. We'll get to that here in a little bit, too. Uh, Powers of X came out hours ago. Uh, we've read it multiple times, to say the least, uh, to kind of try to understand it and put a bow on House of X and Power of X. On the line tonight, I have my two favorite Marvel hacks on the line. It's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's up. Konnichiwa, people. The long-feared slash anticipated finale is here. What is going on? Yeah, for sure, man. It's We've been worried about this final book, about sticking the landing, I think, is the uh, mm-hmm. is the phrase that we've used. That's and uh, we're probably going to be, yeah, we're probably going to be a little bit all over the map, I think, about that, too. On the line also tonight, it's uh, Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, what's happening? Hey yo, what's up? I I would like to lead in with like I th- brought up last week. Like I like the alarm went off and I rolled over and started reading comics. Like this week, yeah. I I got up, calm, relaxed, had my coffee and read a comic and you know had had a reaction. You know went and did my work thing, came back, had a beer and read a comic. And I just you know it's it's good. It's, it, the comics are a part of my life today, so it's, it's, good a, it's a good day. <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah, and I mean I said before before we started recording that, you know, today I didn't work uh a Jewish holiday. I'm not sure I think it's Yom Kippur. Yeah. Um so we didn't have work school today and I was like, All right, well, you know, I'm gonna go get my book at my normal time or whatever and I came home and I read it because I was up last night because I knew I didn't have to work watching the X Band. So I, I sent that on text. Did y'all either of y'all watch that? Hutch said he did. Did either of y'all watch X Band? Uh, no, I've, I've heard of it, but I've never no, watched it. Okay. Yeah, I started watching it, but anyway, it was like midnight by the time I went to bed. So anyway, um, like around noon or so, I'm like reading the book, and I freaking passed out. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so freaking tired. And I slept for three hours, which I never do. And then I woke up, and I was like, I should maybe read this again, because going into sleep, I didn't like understand what I had read, and I was like, maybe I was just tired. So second read through definitely made better sense of it and really enjoyed it but we'll get into that here in a second um so jonathan hickman uh both artists actually they've been working on the book i was at silver and la paz they both do this book one does the front half of it although i'm not 100 percent sure how much they actually did and we'll get into that in a second here too because <laughs> there was a lot of repeat pages um but they did combine their art on this particular book so uh powers of x number six uh our opening quote scene or uh, page is, and now we build from Professor Xavier. Um, by the way, I don't know which cover art y'all got. Did you get the one where Moyer's standing all over the dead bodies? The bodies, yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, wow, what a great cover. Holy crap. That, that's an amazing that's cover. Artwork. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, that's just an amazing cover. And again, they've really done such a good job on this book. But we are in year one. So and I it's have a literally couple, I have a page. couple points on that. So um Go ahead. I had seen I had seen this and I wondered like, you know, whether they were gonna like swerve because we talked about the swerve last time, right? Whether the swerve mm-hmm. was gonna be yes. like more it makes a heel turn. But like the the interesting yeah. thing about this art is like you can see she's like looking down almost remorseful. The other point would be like yeah. featured front and center that she's stomping the fucking stomping his fucking guts out is Colossus, who is had nothing <laughs> no. to do with this story. Other than we saw yes, like his exactly. we saw his hand like maybe yeah. planting flowers, 
maybe planting it, yeah. maybe raising his fist on Zion, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he is uh, right in the middle there. Uh, I, oop, sorry there, Colossus. Didn't make any appearance, really, other than that there. Hutch's yeah, boy, like Colossus. Earlier, but Hutch's yeah. boy, Colossus, yes. Widow's <laughs> peak himself. Uh, so we are in year one. Uh, that that first opening shot of Xavier, that's brand new. As you see him walking through through the fair, I think that was in Powers of X number one. That was the very first we position. got this yeah. scene. Yeah, where we got this scene where um, Moira confronts Charles, and we're really going to just recap that. I mean, because every page on this is a panel for panel recap. Mm. You know, where she comes, right. she meets him, she tells him about. You know, but she, you know, pretends that she doesn't know him at all, knowing full well that she has met him in all these previous lives. And she really recaps the whole thing right up to the point like, yeah, we know each other. You know, how do you like, do we know each other? Of course we know each other. And she's like, yeah, read my mind. And then it just drops off to a whole complete scene. To my favorite part of this whole series, Brother Beavis, man. We're off to year 1000. <laughs> the Falonix. <laughs> now, again, I, I got to say, like, that. when I, when I, when I opened this book this morning, my first reaction was, uh, "Did I open the wrong book? Did I did I reopen a book I've already read?" My second reaction was, "Hey, did I pay an extra dollar on this book for them to fucking put reprint pages in this bitch?" Uh, so yeah, I, I started off I started off salty. I'm gonna throw that out there. Yeah, yeah. I, my thought was, I was like, I, I, my thought was, did I buy the right book? Mm-hmm. I, I might have clicked the wrong thing. <laughs> and the worst thing, did, but, did I buy this again? Damn it. Because you know Marvel's <laughs> website sucks enough. They're going to let you spend $5 yeah. twice. They, they, don't, they do not yeah. care. Yeah, I'd like to exchange that. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, yeah. So they get that, and we get that recap panel, or multiple pages, and then we go off to year 1000, uh, we're at the preserve, which is the resting spot for the remaining mutants that are on Earth. Um, and in this scene, we get the librarian who has been in most of these scenes, like in some of the other books, but really not having such a large speaking role here. And I, I don't know if that's a he or a she, so I'm going with he or she is going to Scooby-Doo explain essentially the Matrix purpose of this whole thing, you know, about do these people really want to be free, you know? Like, and if you, you know, this idea of freedom or what is freedom and if this is something that they actually want to pursue and we wind up getting an appearance by Wolverine and he confronts her and then they start speaking English, which is this idea of like, hey, you know, this is a dead language of dead people. So, you know, it's going to, you know, be, you know, to have this conversation, they said a, a nuanced conversation about what's going on here in the future. And then Moira appears as well, and this is like, well, if you're speaking English, that means you've been eavesdropping on the things that we've done. So mm-hmm. that's part of it. I have a side note here that um, two things. One, I love the fact that Wolverine has not been centered in this whole thing. I mean, again, he plays a huge role that we're about to talk about. But also, too, he's going to get a new relaunch book here, which was announced in New York City Comic Con uh, by Adam Cooper is going to be drawing the book. I don't know who's writing it, but, you know. Brother Beavis, that's a throwback to having Adam Cooper on the main Wolverine book. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll so be interesting. I, I think so. And and so this was, you know, this was the part that I think the contrast to the last uh, the last issue we got, which I think was like, 
you know you've you've basically seen parts of this story but let's like put it in order and fill in a couple pieces so if you were really thick it makes sense now and now right. i think the piece right. we get here as far as x3 is here's the here's what's really going on and and now i have to look back and like did did i did i not read closely enough did i not just get it and i think now the identity of this uh this the librarian becomes a little more clear because I think I think mm-hmm. I had assumed that the the dominant species here, this this the librarian and his his kin, were the mutants, and that the mutants had eventually yeah. uh, uh, overrun the the machines. And the big mm-hmm. reveal here is that's not necessarily the case. That you know we we kind of took this as this was human and machine versus mutant and the machines subsume the humans and then the machines bore out so we had seen this teases of x3 like okay well the mutants won the and you know there's this bald guy and this lady so that seems like it might be professor x and <coughs> and moria right and they've got right. this preserver are those the humans no those are actually the mutants and we've seen these these this kind of shadow of these creatures that that you know who are they and, and lo and behold, it's it's Moria and Logan, and so mm-hmm. the when I read this this morning, I'm like, you know, where's the event? Where's the development? And and now reading again, it's like, okay, it's this idea. The big reveal is this idea of like, oh no 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 no, humans didn't go away. You forgot about them while they were in the background. I think that and that is kind of the big twist of this whole episode. Right. right. Yeah, and yeah, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, how humans, you know, took their chance to get back on top of the evolutionary chain and what they had to do to do it. And the librarian is explaining, you know, kind of this idea about okay, so the world's going to end tomorrow. Like we've already, you know, for the ascension, mm-hmm. you know, the Phalanx are going to consume essentially everything. I'm really not sure if that's yeah. I'm really not sure if that's what we want to happen or if I want this to happen because he has eavesdropped on their conversation. He knows about Morio's multiple lives and this ability. Like, okay, if I send you back or if we put you someplace else, could you do something else where this event doesn't necessarily happen? And that's kind of where it gets to what's going to happen with. Moira and Wolverine here, and you know he uh, and Wolverine does make the kill on this thing in a very cool panel uh, on the librarian, and where they decide, you know what, this can't happen. We didn't see this coming. Like you know, okay, we all we lose, but we thought we were going to lose to the machines. We didn't know that we were going to lose to the humans, and we'll talk about that in a second of what happened with the humans. We didn't see that coming. Warrior didn't see it coming in our particular lives. Like nobody saw this particular part coming. And another thing, too, and y'all can share with me on what you thought, like, okay, so Moira and Wolverine have essentially survived for like a thousand years, right? Yeah, that's what was kind of unclear to me. So they were with these other mutants in this preserve all this time? Or, so they uh, they make a, a an offhand comment about how they have the same blood type. So I think we can assume right. that they have a, some some way to share his regenerative powers amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's the sense. implication, right? Yeah, because you would because in Amora's other lives, the ones that didn't end in fire for mm. one of them and um, other things, you so know, wrong. she just re- she lived a regular like you know kind of a natural life and died a you know a a normal human existence death. 
not that she was living for a particular time, but yeah, this idea of, yeah, we'll come back to that same blood part too. So yeah, so that we decide like, okay, so we gotta go back. We gotta go change this whole thing. Uh, humans are, or mutants are not the evolutionary inevitability that they thought that they were. Uh, and they both thought that. They've said that to the librarians. Like, we are. We were. Like, no, not really. Um, Post-Tomianity, this homo, pronounce it with me, y'all, Novus, uh, Novus, Novus, Sima? Novus Sima, yeah. Novus yes. Sima, yeah, that's right. So the human, that's the human evolution, but they wind up genetically altering themselves and has nothing to do with the evolutionary process, and they are the ones that wind up surpassing the mutants and becoming the next thing on the evolutionary scale. What, Go is, ahead. what, what is the line? You are the ones who are the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you are the ones who are the assholes. Uh, so, yeah, so, so no I, longer beholden to the, the environment. The interesting part about this is, like, they've switched the narrative from the traditional, like, racism dialogue to an evolutionary dialogue, which I think is a little mm. bit different. And here they... I think they bring up a valid point, like... Evolution is a response to the environment, but when the society advances to the point that you transcend the environment, your ability, you know, you can, you can, you know, if, if your environment is like, uh, you know, you, you, you don't have enough food or you, or the temperature is unsuitable, they now have the technology to, that that's not the driver. And, and so I, I think that's a, this, this is a sound story. Like there's a basis for this story and it makes logical sense. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. So that yeah. that was the part that I really liked about it. Right, right. Yeah, at the the librarian before he meets his timely death, you know, you being in this cage is inevitable. Okay, <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> like eventually, like you know, eventually you guys are not gonna win this whole thing, and this comes up later on in the process about the idea of losing, and we'll get to it in a second. So did, uh, now, so, in last episode, did. Did the librarian was I guess he was not the one who got um, decomposed and absorbed into the phalanx? Assumed into the I guess um, not. I guess not. I, wasn't that like the the speaker or something like that? I don't know. That's not what it's called. I think but, we uh, can agree they all look the same. They yeah, very much look for the sure. same. Yeah. <laughs> well And there's a piece of this and I wish I was the theologian that I thought that I was, is that there is a a Jesus corollary mm -hmm. built in here somewhere mm -hmm. um, because the phalanx is a three-headed monster, you know, and, a, and a, you know, they use the even word that said that a, a Godhead, which is a total rip from the Bible, you know, the, the three pieces, you know, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And when they come there, you see them as three individual beings. I'm sure there's something there that I'm just oh, not yeah. the theologian that I think that I am. But there's okay. uh, there's a piece there obviously and there's almost um, a i mean maybe there's almost like a reverse garden of even eden thing here where you know the the hmm. the, the male and the female progenitors at the end of times oh, yeah. are in this garden mm. so yeah I mean, yeah right that's mm. yeah see i didn't even pull that either yeah that's i mean true. look yeah. man I mean, there's it's deeper than what we think it is. And again, you know, like you were saying, you know, you woke up, you read it, whatever. Like you, this idea of like, I know there's something here, and I know at some point in time, like this is a, a for sure trade purchase because it's going to make more sense, like reading them all together. And it's like, oh, you know, I remember that thing. You know, like it's going to like, it, you know, there's so much meat on the bone still that we're probably just scratching the surface on a lot of the stuff that we'll see later on after we read it again. So. 
he makes the uh, so they make the kill on the um, the librarian, and then they know what they got to do. Wolverine makes the kill on Moira again. Well, and again, um, so that's a here great now, shot. like he's just th so the librarian assumes he's in control, like, and he he shows like, you know, I recognize I need to keep you alive, and it's this interesting sort of destiny thing as well, right? He's like, if if you're mm. alive after I ascend to godhood then I have the power to stop you from ever stopping me. And it's, it's like almost the same mm -hmm. argument that Destiny made. But he's, he's mm -hmm. blind to the fact that she, that she could be killed regardless of his own powers. And that, that seems mm -hmm. like a flaw or maybe an oversight or just he seems maybe he's so far above them that he doesn't realize that eventuality. Okay. That, that mm -hmm. was like a smart, you, you think you're smart, you ain't that smart. That was the kind of flaw. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they decided, because they've gone through this before, and we saw it already before as well, that he's going to make the kill on Moria to yeah. start a new life. And, and then he ends timeline number six. And that's where that threw me into a research hole where I have multiple windows up on my machine trying to parse all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, bro. So, if you scale back to House of X number two, uh, which has the timelines, something I never realized as they, they fan them out, it reads Life 1, Life 2, Life 3, Life 4, Life 5, Life 7, Life 8, Life 9, Life 10. So, a long time ago... They did not show us Life 6, and I never understood that. I never picked up on it in any way. And now, right. they're showing you, like, huh. this prime, most significant timeline runs right through the story. And maybe maybe you guys saw it. I don't know. I did not realize that they I, had, like, they completely masked that from us. I remember, now that you bring it up, I remember seeing that, reading that, and, you know, and then I quickly moved on. But it didn't make any sense to me, to, obviously, till now. So, um, right. yeah. No. So with coffee, I didn't, and I didn't I, pick that up. With a beer, I picked beer, that up. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever read House of Death <laughs> on weed? All right. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, it's. Yeah, he makes the kill, which I think is just a beautiful shot again of killing and ending life number six. And then we get to the white pages about the branching off of humanity. So we see Homo sapien, we see Homo superior, and then we see this Homo novissima, which essentially is the humans genetically testing on themselves, essentially to give them a really inhuman-like powers, you know? I mean, that's basically what it seems like they've done, that they just genetically tested themselves to make them a superior being, uh, an equal footing, if not a superior being, to the mutants so they can eventually take them over and be the dominant species again on the planet. So there's that piece of it. I mean, I thought it was really cool, but then when it flashes back to to Xavier in the scene where we get the new artwork that's not the reprinted pages, it's like, you know, Moria opens her mind to him and then he sees everything and he's like, Mah! it's like right. the scene from X-Men, the animated yeah. series, you know, during power. the Phoenix saga. So, <laughs> so I, have, I have something here as well. So if we go back to our House of X timelines, it was only in timeline number four 
right? That she meets him for the first time. That she that she uh, doesn't doesn't like rebuke him. So if, if we presume four, five, and then mm-hmm. six is where she meets him, the next time, mm-hmm. so after six is when she hooks up with the British Air Force, uh, Apocalypse, Magneto, Magneto. And it's only yeah. in Life 10 that she meets him again. So I would suggest that these right. four panels are her, it's not one path, but her unloading her psyche on him four consecutive times and each time mm. loading one a little bit more such that the last time is almost too much for him to accept and he passes out. Oh, okay. Uh, wow. So Maybe. That's deep, bro. That, that, that yeah. would knock you the hell out. <laughs> well, it does give yeah. you like a completely different color palette after every single picture there, and that could be indicating that as well. So, mm. wow. But the conversation that they have after that is kind of deep. And it's basically her just saying to him, you've been, you know, your dream ain't going to work. Like you've been living the wrong dream all of this time. And it's just, it's so funny that Xavier does all the things that you would think that he would do in this situation. Oh, yeah. But, but, but what if I tried this? Yeah. What, but you know, what if I tried this? Yeah, what if I tried this? I thought the you funny thing that. was like, he's like, what if I'm more selective in my team? And she, she should have been like, what, like not let Angel on the team? That would be a good start. <laughs> 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 yeah. That yeah. Was, my, 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 my side note here says, Charles says, well, what if I'm a good nigga, master? <laughs> um, like, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Like, nothing works at all. Like, dude, yeah. we are going to lose. You're, you're not getting it. You know, and she gives him the kiss of death. Like, you know, I've loved you. I've hated you. And you're the same person all this time. But none of this is going to work. You've literally been living the wrong dream. And I think yeah. this is a good example. You know, I hate the fact, I was just thinking about this, I hate the fact that it's, I know that eventually they're going to retcon this, and I'm going to be really mad, but I think it gives Charles over, what, 60 plus years of X-Men or whatever, I think it finally gives him something, you know, like something of not being, like, whatever he has been, like, it gives him a little bit more weight, it gives him his, it redefines his purpose, mm-hmm. and I think that's, I think his character, because he becomes so stale, this could redefine his character in a way moving forward in a way that they tried to redefine Cyclops but completely jacked it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? That they had to go back and now fix it. Like this like gives him a, a different purpose in everything, in his life, in his dream, and everything. And I think if they would stick with this over time, I think that would be a good thing for that character moving forward. But I you know, modern mm-hmm. comics still retcon it at some point, but still. Like I I thought that was a really good scene too. Um I don't know. Let's just. Yeah, I mean, I would say I love the line. No, you love the line. No, I'm saying I love the line. It was like you know you've always been the same person. Uh, He's like, well, that's not a compliment, nigga. (laughs) (laughs) You know that. Yeah, Yeah, that wasn't a compliment. That you you know you never change. That's not a compliment. Yeah, it's real melancholy too. The I was gonna say yeah, it's real melancholy too. That she has to. She basically tells them, it's like, yeah, I mean, there's a really good part of you that basically has to die because we need to be more ruthless to survive. And, uh, and I'm paraphrasing like hell. But, uh, yeah, and it's kind of like, wow. When she said that, yeah, um, 
yeah, that line about it's that's not a compliment. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> it's it's really uh, it's really kind of sad, you know, the the way uh, which which she has to basically break this to him, and you know, this is the first time he's met her as far as he's concerned, and she's laying down all this all these heavy truths. I mean, this is her sixth now, what seventh life, so you know she's not having any of this shit anymore. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's powerful. It, I really liked that uh, that exchange they had. It was uh, really powerful. I thought. So, and I had I had two things. Um, one is, uh, I have two things that neither of which I can remember now, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. You got right things down, sir. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I lost it, sorry. I'll come back to you. It's okay. No, I like the idea of the walk off into the sunset together. Where they oh, okay, got it. I got it, I got it, I got it. One of the two things <laughs> was, so, Fast forward, and you know maybe we we have this little bit of this conversation at the end. The Xavier that, and Magneto that walk out of the end of this, mm. I think, are different than the, the Xavier and Magneto at this point. I think, and that, I that's an interesting Did, thing. I I think that's one of the things about this book is, you know, we we set up this utopia with the book that preceded it, and I think they start to show the cracks with this one. And Xavier and Magneto and how they approach the world and go forward, I think that's one of the mm-hmm. things that comes mm-hmm. out of this. That was one point I wanted to make. Yeah, I had right. that feeling too that something was a little different when they were. Uh, she uh, Magneto brings her the tea and uh, Xavier's with her. Yeah, yeah, and you know they have that little exchange. Something felt a little off about it. Something was different. So, uh, yeah, I noticed that too. Well, I we talked about that in the last issue about you know like. Uh, there's something seems, you know, from year zero to year 10, he goes from the end of the chair and then he's out of the chair again, him placing the psyches of, you know, the him containing all the psyches of the auras of all the mutants or whatever, and him had placing uh, like that body into a different body or the essence into a different husk or whatever. Like, you know, that's probably not him too. So yeah, I'm sure we're right on that too. So they walk off into the sunset and then we get white pages about Moira's journal. Now, yeah. before I fell asleep, I didn't notice this. When I read it the second time, though, I was like, okay, so these things from Moira's journal are all life number 10, though. Yes. Okay, so that's not, even though what, we, what we're seeing, what we think that we're seeing there, uh, when they walk off together, we're thinking it's life number 6, or at least number 7. Yeah. But everything you know, in this the, are all so life the 10. the last time, after, after life 6, which is presumably the third time, the last time is in life ten. I th- so I think I think this when they walk off. I think it's life ten, because if you okay, if, so you're adding those, like all the things up. Right. So if those four right. panels are the evidence that she's done this four times, and he's right. been increasingly more and more of a bitch each time, then we are mm-hmm. on life ten. Basically. <laughs> okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah. And so the thing about life ten, you know, you have all these journal entries. You know, what kind of kind of paraphrase and go through them or whatever but it just really kind of takes you off on the timeline like piece that you kind of get confused about like I so what is this you know so essentially she's going through the first things about getting into the point where uh let's see uh Xavier's uh, his ideas are trying to get him on the dream you know uh and then she's essentially saying like I'm breaking him and which is my what you say brother Beavis about 
oh, okay, so I tried to tell him this this one time. He was kind of fighting me about it. Then I had to tell him this other time. Like, you know, now we're romantic. Like, all of those extra things, which is, might be why we're at number 10. Um, right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I, there's a line in Entry 14 where she says, my concern, my paramount fear is that I fracture his psyche and eventually unleash something unexpected onto the world. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so, so I may so get this, him. So actually, that that triggered the other one. The other of the two things I was going to say is, I think one of the masterful things they've done with the story is that even though they've gone all elsewhere's bullshit on it, they have at no point invalidated anything else you have ever read in a comic book. And here's an mm, example. Right. Like if you want to, if you want to think about that in terms of onslaught, like there's a there's a hook. Then onslaught still exists in this whole storyline, and I think that's masterful. Right. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I, that was my thought too. I had that note for that, and was like, oh, okay, that leads us like to this idea about onslaught. Uh, entry seventeen um, uh, to stop to try to fight what humanity tapped into the potential windfall of knowledge I represent regarding mutant them. Uh, that one never didn't say anything. Twenty two is when they bring Magneto into the Seventeen does in fact. I use my expertise in genetic modification to find potential matches for both Charles and me to produce such a mutant, which is Proteus. And that goes back to what they told us last time, which was when Proteus has to be regenerated, they use the DNA material of Charles because now Charles is the father of Proteus and not Kevin McTiernan. Wow, I completely missed that. Oh, look at that. See, Or not Kevin. That's why you're here, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Wow. Very good. Um, Very so, good. T- 22, Charles and I have successfully recruited Magneto. As it is with every meeting of ours, I am stunned at the casual arrogance of this man. If Charles is a rock that I have to wear down over decades, then Eric is something harder and less permeable. And so, bringing Magneto into the fold here, again, timeline wise, you know, where is this at? Is this around like. X Men 200, but then Charles was kind of off Earth at that point in time so too. So it if couldn't you be go there. into the X Men, the X10 timeline, so um, mm-hmm. you, you really sort of dig in around. Wait, okay, so year 31, Moira gives birth to Proteus. So you know mm-hmm. that's 10 years before X Men 145 or whatever. Year 43, 12 years later, Mori and Xavier recruit Magneto. So okay. that's probably more in the modern era. Although they they mm-hmm. approached him on his, like, X-Men 200-ish island. Um, yeah. Oh, was that what that was? Okay. If, as I recall, right? right? So... Yeah. yeah. Because that's where... Well, it wasn't exactly- Because that's where Cyclops... Uh, was that where Cyclops was out of the X-Men and he was like banging Lee Forrester and fighting yeah. squids? Yeah, that was post Phoenix Saga. Yeah, but then like mm-hmm. the 160s, 150s, something like that, I don't know, um, around that time. 29 is about Apocalypse and she knows that she's worked with him before. You know, recruiting him is uh, going to be difficult. Right. So happen, happen here, another time. Mm-hmm. So here... She hooks up with Apocalypse in Life 8? No, 9. So mm. Life 8, she yeah. hooks up with Magneto and that fails, so 9. 
So again, this is an argument that these entries are from her life ten. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. You got that out. Right. Uh, blacked out. Uh, redacted what? journal. And wait, if you if you zero in, you can read it. Thirty-five. Mm-hmm. The bottom line. You can barely see text creeping through the lot, the last blackout line that mm-hmm. reads, I am just as bad as the... Which, if you yeah. go to the next one, uh, in the... S- no, two right. down. Two down in the last line. I am just as bad as they are, if not worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You see, yeah, you're seeing stuff that I didn't even see. Now I'm looking at that. And I'm like, oh, you can read that in between there. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. If, you get, if you're if you're if your screen is too dark, you probably won't see it. But yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I read that too. Yeah. It's, uh, okay. Wow. So, entry 48 is the thing with Bar Sinister, uh, which we saw in mm-hmm. yeah. I guess, Powers Five. Mm-hmm. Um, 52. We lose Magneto. Uh, I had hope given the opportunity to help make him a better person. Instead, we have made an enemy and just as bad as they are, if not worse. So timeline-wise, when does Magneto depart? Well, so the uh, interesting thing so, here is they've got, if we're following the timeline, so they recruit on year 10, year 43, they recruit Magneto. And then there's this conversation about fake death, which is the actual later entries, and then we have the Moria Xavier Magneto schism, which could be the Bar Sinister, and then certainly the genocide of Genosha would be something that would they would lose Magneto because you know that would be something mm-hmm. where, but that that seems to be out of sequence. Um, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, entry Entry 57. I've decided to remove myself from the world. I have become too active a force in this, and have put myself put both myself and our great plan at risk. Charles and I will use a Shi'ar golem, a living husk, to test our early theories on what can be accomplished with adequate and properly prepared genetic material and a backup copy from Cerebro. We will take my death. We will fake my death using a replica and I will return to the shadows where I belong. So we had talked about where is Moira a few weeks ago, uh, a few episodes ago. But I I think also that's that's like cover for the fact that I think at the time of the start of the story, Moira might have been dead. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because she, didn't she succumb to the that. legacy virus? Oh, that. Oh, 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 so that's actually very interesting because she died from the legacy virus, and and people were concerned because oh, they thought it right. crossed over to humans. Mm-hmm. And now we're saying, but she maybe a mutant. she's a mutant. She, but yeah. her death from the legacy virus is not represented on any of these timelines. So that's again. I'm not going to say it's, it invalidates things we've seen before, but that that makes that particular storyline that much more interesting. It has a layer to it for sure. Yeah. And we had talked about Moira's no place or what or no space from before, you know, and we kind of had alluded that maybe she was hanging out and hiding in there as well, and she is and she was. Um, Charles and. Charles, Cerebro head Charles and Magneto come and visit her <laughs> and they bring in tea and basically it's setting up like, okay, we're telling Moira about what happened about the uh, the council, okay, Krakoa's got its independent status now we've sat the council of people you know, they're going over who's on the council and really all of that 
is kind of like just kind of good information that you already know that we've seen, except for the piece about Mystique and Destiny. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is huge. So, yeah. um, and, and no, a, you cannot bring just, Destiny. As I'm plugging through it right now, there's a really interesting kind of transition where when Magneto brings in his, I guess, uh, uh, West Elm tea. teapot with a, with a cylinder <laughs> on top, they cut uh, to like a, yeah. a cut page of the bottom of Moria's face. And the next page mm. is the bottom of Charles's face. And yes. there were some people that I think there were some theories about like if you look at the you know some of those scenes earlier that that was that's an interesting drop in that sort of perpetuates mm-hmm. the idea that there's a significance to I don't know that particular view. I I have no no, but they've thrown it at us again in a, in a subtle way. Yeah, mm. it's definitely yeah it's subtle, but it's probably not in heavily intentional um yeah so yeah so yeah, yeah. there's so no they, accidents they go over in these that books. no not at all they are mm. completely plotted out uh very well um mm. so yeah we put destiny on this thing you cannot you know mystique's going to be on the council but they wanted to bring destiny back and she has an immediate reaction you cannot do this yeah we know What'd like for do? real like there can't be any precogs here no we know like you know it's, it's, it's such a man woman conversation yeah i know I know, I know, but you keep telling me, but I know, like, we cannot have a precog here. She will, one, she doesn't care for me, and then two, she'll tell everybody about what's happening here. It's like she's going to see the future, and that's going to be a problem, like, we know. And the idea of their man explanation is like, well, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll just tell her later, yeah. later, Mystique, later. <laughs> Don't worry about it, you know, we'll do that shit later. Don't worry about it, I'm telling you, I will cut the grass later, it trusts me. You know, and the, the thing that stuck uh, yeah. out to me was like Magneto's line, which is almost like a limerick, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow, not today. All the mutant leaders say, and and yeah. there's been a weirdness about Magneto aside from the fact that he's in white, and these mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. sidelines of like we've had to reinstall mutants and we've lost Magneto. It's like so. What exactly mm-hmm. is Magneto? Is is my question? Yeah, or who? Um, yeah. yeah, and and you say that about his little line there. It's a completely different font the way that it is said too, like in all the other things. So obviously that's a throw in as well. Uh, wow. Mm. Yeah, I didn't, we just catch that now too. Um, so yeah. Um, but essentially, like, well, you know, even if she we brought back Destiny, all these people here they need to know the truth. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, um, like the truth is that we lose. We yeah, always lose. Always like, lose. Well. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's going to be different this time. Mm. Like, you know, it's going to be different. And that is yeah. the, the hat that they're hanging on, and then they go, and they walk off, and then it goes back to the, you know, the hat and the scene on Zion and, mm-hmm. and, and House of X6. You know, and again, recreated panels or whatever. Like, I just saw this in a book that I already paid for. And, you know, it kind of leads to, you know, them having this tail-end conversation after, you know, like this look at what we've done. And essentially, like, you know, this is where we, you know, we're going to die on this hill. And if I die, just bring me back. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to show I'm going to show them what mutants can do or whatever. But, like, you know, if I die, you know, just bring me back. And, yeah, I, you know, the book kind of ends on like a weird note or whatever. But, like, you know, they're not going to sneak. No one can stop us this time. And that's the end of the book. And, you know, they dropped the line, I think, from Avengers Endgame, you know, whatever it takes. You know, this is this is it. Yeah. Whatever we need to do, we're going to do it. And you know, let them try let's to stop us it. this time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 
let them try. So there, and Charles says that there's too. a weird there's a weird sneak in of apocalypse. Did you guys pick up on that? Yes, I, I did. Yeah, but that was the same one. That was from yeah. the other book too. But but this this yeah, also was, from House of X too. I was trying to figure also. out like where is he in reference to all these other things because if he's sitting there mm-hmm. specifically looking. And, it, and they kind of suggest this. I was trying to parse that. There's this one sliver of a panel. It's almost as if mm-hmm. Apocalypse is looking out at Xavier and Magneto um, mm-hmm. as they're sitting there under the fireworks. The yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and we yeah. know he's a featured character in one of the books that goes forward. That was sort of, right. I, I guess, if you're, it was that in the earlier version as well, but. Uh, the the two shots of him like there's one from far away and then there's one more of a close up. Both right. of those shots are from House Six. It's a, right. Uh, same panel. So right. maybe but it's the this one, one talking about where it's the little. Where they're suggesting it's his shoulder and he's actually mm-hmm. in that scene looking out over them. So. Yeah, and he's looking right. at them. Yeah, from behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. Something. It's interesting. Um, Something, something's happening. Something's yes. happening. I don't know. <laughs> so, so it scrolls and ends, you know, just let them try to stop us. Our last quote is, I am not ashamed of who I am by Magneto. And that ends Powers and, uh, and House 6. That, uh, we started this in July. It is October. Um, wow. Wow, really? And, Shit. well, but to be honest with you, though, if, to be honest with you, it's been really good the entire time like we haven't had you know we always talk about this that book was filler you know whatever we had a couple of moments here as we got towards the end where we're like man you know i'm not really sure but all the books essentially fleshed out things that we thought that we knew and gave us a visual representation of it so you didn't have to draw conclusions but also left open a thousand doors where you could draw a thousand conclusions about where this is heading moving forward you know so mm-hmm. off the top of your head what did you think of house and power six we'll get into what's coming next in a second so sandman what did you think overall overall i still think is one of the better comic book series I've read in years easily. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the last one is that would be on this level. I um, I love the I love the story. I thought it was ambitious. I thought it was um, um, kind of a sci-fi take almost at times. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, it was. It felt different to me. Um, it's hard to explain exactly why, but uh, like I said, ambitious. Artwork was good for the entire time. They didn't have no guest artists come in and fuck hmm. everything up. <laughs> and, it was, uh, yeah. and you know, going forward, who knows what's going to happen now? I mean, are are the and some of the questions we were talking about, like, are they going to retcon all this and it just goes to hell and it doesn't mean anything, or are they going to try to stay with this going to be the new uh, norm, the new status quo in the mm-hmm. Marvel universe for a while? You know, right. what does that mean to the other like uh, superhero uh, groups, to the world, to the six one six universe? going forward that's all it's a lot of questions this uh raises so i'm curious to see right. what happens and with all these new books are coming out now these and they're all miniseries you said right the, so as far as we know uh well that's my i'm i'm thinking they feel like miniseries right. like those don't feel like monthly titles to me they feel like six issue miniseries and right, right, uh, right. we'll talk about it here in a second, but that's just the some of them feel like they're just main series. All right, brother Beavis, I know that you were been enjoying this, obviously, like we have. Kind of wrap up what you've thought about this whole run for. I mean, really, it started in July. Yeah, 
I mean, I think uh, I think here we have a, a great example of what you can do with the comic medium, and I think uh, there's been a, we've we've been through a period where comics have been so bad, and the movies have been so mm. good that mm-hmm. it felt yeah. like comics and Marvel and everything else were at risk of losing um, their relevance to. Uh, the cinematic universes and that's not to say that the cinematic universes won't continue and won't be strong but here is an example of the type of story and the, the type of things you can do and, it, and I think there's a couple amazing things that these two series have done number one they put out a 12 issue publication schedule and stuck to it and stuck mm-hmm. to it yeah, yeah stuck to I, it. I, I mean it go back to whenever you know go back to you know maybe like uh, the the um, the onslaught saga or whatever where you had the the offshoot go go back to any time where anything related to the image creators was uh, was relevant and and keeping on schedule has just been an afterthought so number one to say I'm gonna give you 12 books and you got your 12 books on schedule that's amazing mm-hmm. number mm-hmm. two, to pick up the mess that has been X-Men, even in the <laughs> era where it made sense, and in the, the right. and in the inter intermediate years where it was all over the place, and and not stomp yeah. on it, and not invalidate it, and not and not yeah. shit on it, mm-hmm. because just because right. I mean you know just because it's not what we wanted or whatever, it doesn't mean it's not. You know, not valid anyway. That doesn't need to be shown. But just the fact that you can tell a story that doesn't that that can accommodate all those things, I think those two things are amazing, and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it gives me hope, kind of for the first time because we've we've just been so down on uh, you know we've got some glimpses of things that we've enjoyed, but we just been for so long we've been like, well, that's fine, but we're assuming you're going to screw us over. And so, yeah, I mean, all, all those things yeah. that, I mean, you, you got to feel good about all those things. And as I sit here and I look at, you know, just the line. So first of all, when they say, Oh, I gave you your 12 issue series. I didn't give you, maybe I didn't give you the payoff. And so when I read it this morning, I'm like, I yeah. wanted an event. I wanted a trigger. I wanted something it was like, Oh, I get it. I didn't walk away with that. Yeah. But then, yeah, I reread it and I'm thinking, oh, okay. So there was a tw- there was a twist there, and there are these open-ended things, and and there there was more of a setup. Like I feel like like House of X got, gave us like here's the universe, and Power of X gave us, and maybe here's the storylines because here's the things we haven't really ferreted out yet. So I think that's really interesting. And so as I look at Dawn of X, I don't I don't read it as yeah, we screwed you over, and here's the real story. You know, right. I feel like this is a transition, right. and there's a there's it's a the baggage. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a baggage to a lot of things they've told. Like I've never been an Excalibur fan. New Mutants has <laughs> you know has its own right. kind of stain to it. Fallen Angels. Yeah. I don't need another fuck. I don't need another emo title, or whatever. I'm gonna read every single one of these. And Marauders. Yeah. <laughs> Marauders is a fantasy pirate tale with Kitty Pride leading it. I mean, yeah, oh, there's geez. a. I mean, I could throw a rock at every single one of these, but what they've done is 
no, I'm going to go buy all, I'm going to get every single one of these, and I'm, I'm in. I would love to see them take the X-Men universe, which we know has been underserved by the cinematic universe, where the focus has been. I want to see how this plays out in the comic books. This is an overwhelming victory uh, for for Hickman, Marvel, and, and, and yeah. I think I think we we've been begging for this and you know yeah. i want mm-hmm. oh i was dying to throw I, I texted it but i was dying to text it at seven in the morning frodo didn't throw the <laughs> ring into mount doom oh, but but that's okay yeah but that's okay yeah but that's <laughs> i think that's okay so no. i i'm i'm immensely satisfied by this whole experience and and like i said last time yeah. it's been amazing to be a comic book fan again yeah, be yeah. happy to be like, oh, you know what? I'm excited to go get something on Wednesday as opposed to dreading or or worse yet at the comic book store. I'm like, well, should I read this? It's like trying to pick out a video at the movies, you know, at the video store, dating ourselves. Uh, like, you know, I don't know what we should get. You know, like that whole thing. I sh- I'm here. I might as well get something, but not knowing what to get. And like. My thought on here is like I wasn't really happy with the overall ending of this because again I am preconditioned and Pavlov's dog that I'm like okay so somebody has to be they're gonna close it open a door here and somebody's gonna be there fucking Mysterio somebody's going to be there to be like okay yeah. the boogeyman needed to be here and they didn't really give us a boogeyman and we're not used to that. Yeah, at all definitely not. and so but they did yeah but they left open like a thousand doors here for this to be able to go through uh you know and i sent out a question on facebook or whatever and twitter so we had two people that essentially asked us the same question like are you guys going to read the new x-men like issues of all of the other books and um uh, that was from uh bison for life and from clem lewis so mm-hmm. um you said that about the new books like i'm interested in some of the books but i, I don't know if i have Again, we've been conditioned and browbeaten into like buying these books, and I'm like, God, these seem like miniseries to me. So I don't know if I want, you know, that emotional investment. Like, okay, every Wednesday I'm going to go get House of Powers of X. Like, I'm freaking all in. I don't know if I got it in me for Kitty Pride, Kitty Pride, and some pirates. I really don't, yeah. man. Yeah. I was like, New, New Mutants have never done it for me at all. You know, Dawn of X. I'm like, okay, Dawn of X. I'm like, okay, I need to get Dawn of X because I think that is our jumping off point. Yeah, and then X Men right. number one, I think, comes out next week as but well. It, and there's so, not, but there's not a Dawn of X book, is there? Yeah, there's yeah, a Dawn yeah, of there X is, book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a is book. There? It doesn't have a date on it. I know at the end there. I know, but there is a Dawn of X book. There's an actual book there. I know. I don't know why it doesn't have the date, um, but there is a book. And then we had, or maybe I don't. Maybe I'm messing up this. Maybe they just showed that. But I thought that there was a Dawn of X book. I don't know so if that's. I know you like, going so the, the books are showing here the there is. And under the title of Dawn of X, and they're all under that title. Is Dawn of X just the name of all of these things coming up? I think it is. Uh, yeah, like maybe maybe Dawn of X. They have that name on all the books. You know, as a part of this. Like that's the the series. relaunch there. Maybe, maybe yeah, mm-hmm. that could be it too. Because I assume the, the same okay. as you did. That you know that was a book too. Yeah, I thought there was a book. Maybe that's why it doesn't have a. Um, you know that's why it doesn't have an issue there. Okay. That you know, so yeah. so maybe yeah. Okay, so so maybe okay. So now then it's just okay. So. Then it's X Men number one. Is that what we're looking for? I mean, yeah, of course. Like it's gonna I, be. that's all I was saying. The same thing before we started recording. I was like, okay, so I'm excited about that part of it. I'm not excited about 
Like, remember how it always used to be in a day, oh, I'm going to read this X-Men book, like Uncanny, and I'll read X-Men. But I don't want to read, like, all the side angle side books or whatever because right. it's not the main X-Men story. Well, I want to read the full X-Men story, so is that going to be in X-Men number one, or is that going to be in, like, do I have to read all these other books? And I just, yep, that's hard for me because I know I don't want to be chasing stories through, you know, New Mutants or Excalibur. Now, whichever books Hickman's are writing, which I know is, I think he's writing New Mutants, and I think he's writing the X-Men book, those books are for sure. Like, that's a yeah. given. Because like he's yeah. he's laid down a path or whatever that you know. Even a new mutants book, I'll read that. The ones that he's not writing, I will be very hesitant, you know, other than to review them for this show. Uh, but yeah, I mean I'm sure we're gonna have to review all the number ones because we just have to figure it out. But after that, I'm not sure. So Yeah. Uh, it's I don't know. Quite, yeah. It's um, kinda wide open right now until we figure out what we need to look at when you know where and you know what they're doing mm -hmm. with these books yeah because we don't know you know because yeah. this is different you know this was a um a straight you know well two books and you know a straight story and there was no you know, branching off or anything like that so and, and after this who knows <laughs> i hope they can keep a you know a concise thing going on but who i don't know i don't know if they well, can do that well when you look at the covers you know some of them i'm like oh yeah that book i'm definitely going to read this because i like the team like the x-force book has like kind of the traditional team to it mm -hmm. so i'm like oh you know i'll probably be down with that x-force books and like but then apocalypse is in excalibur i'm like what what like you know yeah, like I, what's it? and is it like any of the like regular members of excalibur or are they all like different i didn't even see who was in the, in the uh, team yeah, I'm not sure. That Fallen Angels one is definitely with Young Kate, Young Cable, Psylocke, and Hope Summers. Whew, that's going to be a push. Uh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the other ones, you know, I mean, I might have a chance. It's not a Psylocke, it's uh, X-23. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, make, I, I know come lunchtime on the 16th, oh, I'm actually going to be able to do that that day. I, I come at the end of work on the 16th. I am definitely going to be lined up over there at the store to get X-Men number one. Like, I'm really excited for this relaunch. Got burned the last time on the relaunch of Blue and Gold, but mm -hmm. damn it. I'm ready for, excited for this one, and hopefully they don't disappoint. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, we got we I'm got ready. nostalgia roped into that relaunch, like with no yes, subs. That's sure. <laughs> and I think at least time, this this point they've earned it. Hey, I, I had a, a plot point that I forgot, I, I did not bring up, and I thought one of the things that, that was really heavily emphasized in this story was the Moira and Logan relationship. And mm. one of the things mm -hmm. that surprised me, aside from the Quiet Council, was they had the command leaders or whatever, and Cyclops is the lead commander. But, like, mm. Wolverine was not in that list, and that makes me think that, like, we're entering in this scenario where like Wolverine necessarily isn't the front man um, and he, obviously he's going to be in the stories but like Wolverine's role as sort of more of an ally of Moira uh, as opposed to mm -hmm. Xavier and Magneto who almost have sort of this antagonist feel to them or this cool heel feel to them I mean there, there seems right. like a, a, right. a, a sort of some friction there and that's that was that's an interesting that's interesting use for me of Wolverine as far as instead of the post X Men Last Stand where X Men where Wolverine mysteriously transforms into essentially Cyclops, Cyclops. with claws right. um, yeah. 
that he's appropriately relegated to sort of an outsider view that's reluctant to take a leadership because he has a vested interest against the direction of leadership. And so that's that's mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of a, a cool way to kind of pull him back but still make him extremely important. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was one of the other questions from from Clem that was like, are you going to, you know, and I brought it up during the other part of the podcast about the new Wolverine book. But I also brought up, like, I love the fact that he hasn't been such a central figure in this whole thing because the last few, you know, they just shoved Wolverine down your throat after a while. It's just like, no, yeah, it's a character that I like, but you just you overused him so much. And it's they like, ruined they do it. Yeah, anymore. yeah. I mean, to the point yeah, you know, so care, like, you know, know giving yeah. him a but giving him a solo book, putting it back with a Kubert, you know, again, I don't know who's writing it. I don't know where they're going to, you know, set these stories or whatever. But I think him having just a book on his own maybe that's completely separate from this whole thing what might be the best thing that they could do and just having him be a bit character i didn't he's obviously going to be in one of these x-men books but i'm not really sure which one it looks like he's in x-men number one so i guess he's in the main line book so we'll see brown uniform though too that's interesting all right so yeah so overall we're we're way thumbs up on this whole series or whatever yes no maybe so way thumbs up yeah this is way thumbs up when this comes out yeah. in the um, the paperback and the novel version, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna absolutely. Yeah, it's just easier. This is coming. This is yeah. This has got a good one to come with me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This is a way thumbs up um, for sure. Um, so yeah. So we'll. I don't know if I'm gonna end season seven with this, or we just continue it and roll it and just make this an extended season. You know, kind of to try to get through these books because again, that's like six weeks worth of books would be six weeks worth more of the episodes because they're not coming out. They're coming out every week also. Right. Um, and it looks like X Force and New Mutants are both on the same date, but the other ones are still uh, week to week. So we'll kind of discuss that off air and kind of see where we go with that piece of it. But yeah, uh, way thumbs up. Super excited about the X Men again moving forward. You know, it's kind of funny. The other day I was reading books and I was like, oh, you know what? Let me read some of the books that we've reviewed in previous seasons or whatever. And I tried to go back to that Fantastic Four we did. I was like, oh, this ass awful. <laughs> and I tried to go to something else. And actually, no, the other one I was like, I tried to go to back was the, um, the Immortal Hulk, which. All oh, right was good but there have been so many issues that i hadn't read so i'm just kind of like trying to catch up so that was been pretty good but you know like we've kind of just become so eccentric uh see what i did there and um <laughs> like i think you know i think you know i'm li- i'm liking living in this world for right now you know and kind of you know kind of whatever with these other books so yeah so well done jonathan hickman i told y'all to go back and read his other crap um you know, like I said, I'm still in that X-Men run or that Avengers run, and um, yeah, it's really good too. It's good. But, yeah. You know, such a good opportunity. Well, you know what it is? It's the books have some meaning and depth to it, just All like right. this one did. And again, having known what he did on, sorry, go ahead. What if we take a couple weeks of breather? Mm. We mm-hmm. do a couple weeks of reviewing some of the past Hickman work that gives us mm-hmm. a few weeks for some of the new stuff to come out and then we start delving into the new books and maybe we mm-hmm. like maybe mm-hmm. we get the first cut through them and we do sort of a, like a reverse uh, a reverse uh, sort of like let's review what we think is the worst of the six or whatever 
uh, okay. and then like, <laughs> working with, like who is the last man standing of the new books as far yeah. as what kept our attention okay. the best. So what it would let's That's let's fine. let's do some let's mix in some throwback to to give the 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 dawn of X a little bit of runway before we we jump on it and take a giant shit on it. Um, maybe, maybe that's that's an approach. So, but what, let's tee yeah. up some 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 retro books for a couple weeks to let some of this stuff get out and give us some breathing room. Okay. That sounds that's good. Not a that's because, not a idea. Yeah. yeah, because yeah, because you know it does probably need to get its you know footing a little bit before we're like, oh, you know what? I wish I was back in Avatar, you know, in House of X and Power of X. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know. Speaking of Avatar, you, you didn't drop as many of your Matrix root, uh, uh, analogies as I thought. I mean, yeah, there is some some the total Matrixy elements of this. Yeah, oh, completely. Yeah. Well, I, I leave that to Hutch, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that idea. You know, maybe get through like a couple of these books and be like, all right, you know, there's two issues in, three issues into this thing, or halfway through it. Like, this is kind of where we are. But then yeah. we can also go back and look at like Hickman's like initial yeah. run on the Avengers, which is probably the place to start. There, yeah, there I'm was ahead a, of y'all on that one. There was a there was a point where we we're like, yeah, the X Men suck so bad, we're gonna tell them to fuck themselves <laughs> and go read old school <laughs> issues. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. And we, we went yeah. completely old school for a period of time yeah. just until they got their yes. shit correct. Well, they got their shit yeah. correct. I mean, back when so the books now, were still yeah. good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, we I, we've I'm doing this podcast for three years. We've seen four X Men reboots, counting this one. Oh, That's a lot. That's honestly. insane. Uh, but this I feel is, like there's yeah, more than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but just four. But then you know, this is also again, and this is there's no coincidence here either that this is the first reboot with the merger, and that they're able to you know come back and tell stories under the Disney umbrella, mm-hmm. where they own everything and. I, I, that's not a that's not a coincidence either. Where they're actually yeah. probably putting more time and effort and put like a legitimate person writing the book on the book, as opposed to some freaking jack wagon here and there yeah. or whatever. Um, now, so let me throw this out: if they were like, "Hey, we need to bring the the mutants back into the cinematic universe," if they started at this point, what would you think? Whoa. Do they need uh, to rehash? Everything prior no. to now. Did, did they need to bring us up to speed, or could they just say, like, look, you've seen all those movies. That's a reflection of what. That's a reflection of all the bullshit that's gone before. This is what it is going mm-hmm. forward. What would that work? Yeah. That would work. Uh, y'all know where work, I am. Yeah. We we don't need to see Uncle Ben die. We don't. You know, I think people, the majority of the people that are going to these movies have an idea. Well, maybe not the majority, but a good percentage of the people that are going to the movies kind of have an idea going in so you don't have to waste 45 minutes on origin. You can get right to it. So, yeah, you could drop them into a story. I think cinematically you could drop them into a story where the team is already formed and they've already gotten to the point of like, hey, we've established a beachhead essentially on Earth in Krakoa or whatever. And branch out from there. Like, and that I, would I definitely think that would that would totally explain where they've been up to this point. 
correct. Yeah, you know, true. and whatever reason that brings them into like the mainstream, what like you know, in a Wakanda-like sense, like whatever's bringing them out of their particular hiding, mm-hmm. whether it be the Avengers or some other world event, they could do it right. that way. So yeah, I would. Yeah, they could totally that would, do that, and we that, we do. That would be bold. That would be very bold for them to do. Yes. That. That would be, that, yeah, we definitely don't need to go to Xavier's school and uh-huh. see. Iceman, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Wilbur, uh, you know, what's we call yeah. in a chair, yeah. and yeah. like we don't need an angel. We don't need to see it. Like it's, it's, they it would no. be literally putting, th- wasting three years of time. Yes, right. we would establish whatever, but it's not necessary. It's not because I mean, because realistically, they've toiled over the Dark Phoenix saga. They gave us a mm-hmm. how the hell mm-hmm. was that better than it ought to have been? Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. What what else is there, other than Age of Apocalypse, which is a completely different arc, like not the mm-hmm. not the Apocalypse yeah. movie that we got that that, but I mean, yeah. you know, if yeah. you're gonna do an Age of Apocalypse, that's a completely different animal. I mean, what other yeah. what yeah. other story do they have to tell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, that people would care about like that. None yeah. of them. Yeah, they. You know, there's. After running no, over no. Dark Phoenix twice, I mean, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what major arc, other than that, they can uh, try to hang their hat on. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, they did mean, such a, they did just such a bad job with that. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, so they could, you know, it would, it would be ama- it would be wonderful to think that like part of the challenge for Hickman was like, hey, um, can you, you like, like recycle the mythos, get us. Get us over all this and like help us take all the encyclopedia that one would have to engage in and help us carry it forward. This could mm-hmm. directly translate in the cinematic universe. And and if yeah. if that was a thing and and they could figure out how to go from one media to another and have all these things working together, I mean that's yeah. that would be so yeah. great. That would be amazing. Yeah, and conspiracy. And Conspiracy Brother would tell you that maybe that was the plan all along. <laughs> maybe that we were trying to take all of that crap oh, that oh. happened before and just streamline yeah. it into something that we could start to make movies from. So the reason all these books came out on time, because they was written seven years ago when we was trying to get these, <laughs> when we was trying to get these rights. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. this was pre-ordained. Well, I mean, I, I mean, Yes. Again, yeah. I, the guy that was doing the X Men book before this one, Matthew Rosenberg, I talked to him at MegaCon in Orlando. He said that this dude has been writing this story. That yeah. Hickman's been writing this X Men mm-hmm. story for two years. Good two Lord. years already. Oh so God. he already knew his run on X Men was a placeholder for this. Yeah. So wow. he's been writing it for two and that's, years. Wow. Yeah, and that was the sad part. It was like. For every, yeah. you know, there were shit. there were obviously <laughs> some lame duck creative teams, and that's the sad yeah. part. Yes, it is. And again, you know, you know, I mean, if he's if he, you know, you sign on for it or whatever, I'm sure those, you know, those those the direct deposits came every two weeks, and he was like, whatever, I'm just gonna write this book until this, <laughs> until dude takes it over. But it is what wow. it is. But yes, he yeah, and so, but it also tells you think about this too. 
everything that we talked about and read about or whatever, think about all those extra little details that we're talking about in there. That wasn't going to happen over a three-month writing period. You know what I mean? Like all those doors that he opened uh, just a, a little bit or the ones that he kicked open completely, and that took time to plot that out and to research it and to do all that. So, I mean, again, regular comics aren't going to have that for the most part. And like I said, Conspiracy Brother would tell you, like, hey, we're looking for a jumping off point for these M- these MCU movies when we take them over. Can you get us to an even point where, hey, we can go back and this is the starting point for our whole cinematic universe and jump on from there? Because I, I would still contend that like one of the most striking scenes of this entire run is Cyclops punking the Fantastic Four. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was... and, and that has so much relevance to the cinematic universe because of both of those properties. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah. and, I, and I say punking, but at the same time, like. There, there's a there's a familial and a friendly relationship. I mean, that that was a great sequence. I mean, that was that was yeah. a great characterization mm-hmm. of everybody. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe that's an entree. That'd be great. So, we will discuss at some point where we're gonna start offline for Hickman as we wait for X-Men to uh, kind of get its footing or whatever. Probably let... Uh, that damn Marauders, man. We'll probably let X-Men, Marauders, and Excalibur breathe. You know, yeah, because that gets us through the end of October. And then kind of regroup at that point. And then in the interim, we'll probably start to look at the Avengers run for Hickman. And, you know, and again, since y'all have, I don't think y'all read it or whatever, um, make sure you, well, block off some time because those aren't like uh, a regular shit eats. (laughs) No, those aren't a regular shit eat reads. Those are uh, two paydays and had to take shit reads. Uh, It really takes some time (laughs) to to process them and get them through. Uh, So yeah, so we'll we'll go back and look at that and we'll announce that as we go through. Yeah, so well done, Jonathan Hickman. You got got us all excited about X-Men again. That was definitely difficult. So as this wraps up our House of X, Power of X podcast, you'll be able to find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you'll be able to find me, the producer, at Brothers Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find Sam and Sam in 415 on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Brother Beers is in the ether. Uh, so, yeah, man, we'll have to figure out a schedule, too. We're going to have to record those on. I know we have our normal Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays schedule or whatever, but if we're doing offline books, we could probably stick in a podcast at some other time. I know people got busy schedules, but we'll figure it out. So, yeah, man, well done. Good job. I, I, I still yes. don't want to. I don't know if I want to close this out as the season, but we'll, we'll figure it out. So yeah. So uh, as the producer of this podcast, I'm signing off. Uh, go ahead and sign off, Sammy. All right, people. We will see you uh, when we see you. Hopefully soon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll see you when we see you. All right, uh, brother Beavis. Go ahead and sign off. Hey, right, I'm gonna go uh, kick it on Krakoa with the rest of my mutants. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I am going to go kick it on, uh, watch uh, an Avengers movie while I edit this podcast. Uh, (laughs) It's what I do every night after a podcast. So, yeah, we'll see everybody on the other side of the program. Peace. Peace. See you.